This is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Hello, everyone. Paul Cochran here with uh, Garrett Crawford. Good morning, Garrett. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? So far, so good. Okay, trivia question for you. Um, favorite um, pro football team in 2022? Paul doesn't give me these questions beforehand, so these are, <laughs> these are on the cuff. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I have been a Titans fan my whole life, so, well, since they came to Nashville anyway, so they're the easy default. I, I watch the Titans on Sunday, I root for them, I cheer for them, uh, but I would say outside the Titans, um, I think I've become a little bit of a Bengals fan. Uh, it might be uh, not good for me to say that as a Tennessee guy, but uh, I'm, I'm rooting for Joe Burrow with the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, my mom and dad are big fans of Joe Burrow, and so I get updates from them when they watch the game. But uh, to add into that is um, I've got a five-year-old son, and he likes Tigers, and he – uh, saw the Bengals were playing one night, and uh, he he's kind of kept up with them too. But uh, he didn't quite know it was called a Bengal, so he calls them the Tingles. <laughs> uh, and so uh, Miles and I, we, we we cheer for the Bengals uh, when we can. He doesn't really know who they are, but he likes that they're the Tigers. So uh, the Titans and Bengals are two teams that I'm pulling for this year. Gotcha. Yeah, I would say I know for me. Um, uh, growing up, I was just a diehard uh, Dallas Cowboys fan because I, I, I loved uh, Tom Landry. And, of course, my favorite quarterback uh, ever was uh, Roger Staubach. And uh, even the the famed Bob Hayes, he was an Olympic sprinter, and then he was a, uh, a just a fantastic receiver back then. I, I just so enjoyed them. But, but then, uh, you know, change of ownership, change of coach, and all that stuff. I, I, I think they lost their luster a little bit for me. So now, uh, since I don't keep up with it quite as much, um, I think the, uh, the this whole offense. I know UT um, uh, Hypel and, and his fast, upbeat offenses. That kind of offense is what I love. And so I think for me this year. Teams like uh, like the Bills, you know, like the the Chiefs, that just can throw everything at you but the kitchen sink and they're just really making moves and um, I, I think those are the kind of offenses I, I just enjoy watching more. Yeah, I told some people that I really don't even care if Tennessee loses but they're just way more fun to watch this year. They they do it down, they run up to the line of scrimmage and do it really quick again and that's just more entertaining yeah. uh, football I think for everybody. Absolutely. Well, today we're gonna we're gonna jump into a topic that that kind of has has tentacles in a lot of areas, and one of the reasons we we talk about it is um, well, the topic is, and and I'm I'm almost hesitate hesitant to say the topic because uh, when I say it, people can can uh, sometimes kind of start 
um, tuning out a little bit, but it's the subject of taxes. And, you know, when, when we're coming to make decisions in financial plans, whether or not to uh, do a Roth conversion, uh, where to generate income from, what order to generate income from what assets, um, uh, you know, whether it's estate planning, there are uh, uh, taxes. When you say Garrett, taxes probably affect every single one of those decisions big time. And so, if um, if you try to look at any one of those things in a vacuum, you'll be making a mistake. Yeah, I think uh, the the more I learn about taxes and the more I'm in that world, you know, I'm not a CPA, I'm not an accountant, but the more time I spend trafficking in tax planning as a financial planner, the better planner I am for our clients. Absolutely. So today we're going to be covering a couple different topics. And, you know, one of the big ones is our current tax um, uh, rates will expire at the end of 2025. And these current tax rates went into effect in 2017. What was that act called? Tax Cut and Jobs Act. Yes. And so that's what lowered that kind of tier that a lot of people find themselves in, that 12%. And then that next one up from there is the 22, and then it jumps to the 24. Um, And that was a, a cut from what it was the year before. Well, at the end of 2025... Uh, what happens, Garrett? The the tax rates that uh, were in effect before the, you know, some people call them the Trump tax cuts in 2017 are going to go back into play starting in 2026. And so right now we have this 10%, 12%, 22%, 24%. Uh, the 10%, I think, was uh, the same, but the uh, 12 is going to go up to 15 and the 22 is going to go up to uh, 25%. And so... Uh, Tax rates, the way they're scheduled right now, will revert back to those uh, as they were in 2016. Okay. So um, if, if, if in your planning uh, that 20, uh, end of 2025, beginning of 2026 uh, change in taxes isn't being looked at, um, we feel like that could, that could sneak up and bite someone. And so a couple things have happened here recently. These uh, cost of living adjustments that we've been talking about here in the past couple of weeks, um, that increases some of these thresholds. Um, um, But at this what were you going to say? Yeah, let me. Uh, I was just going to give people a little bit of background. I think uh, on last week's show, we talked about Social Security. That was in the news headlines. A lot of our clients were affected by that. Uh, a, a big Social Security cost of living adjustment. You can uh, go back, and I think we have that, that episode on our website. But uh, today, uh, also in October, the IRS announces the two new tax bracket levels. And so those were announced a couple weeks ago. And I just want to spend a couple minutes kind of going through how those tax brackets were updated due to inflation. And I would say the first thing to remember is that the inflation adjustments that I'm about to discuss, they aren't a tax cut. 
but instead they're intended to help offset the effects of rising prices. And so while the tax brackets have increased, uh, there's there's a reason for that, and it's not necessarily to save you uh, at your tax bill at the end of the year. But with that said, uh, a lot of these tax threshold levels and the standard deduction uh, increased by about 7%. I think I came up with yesterday on average about 7.05% per threshold. Uh, and so when we talk about these new rates and these new levels, we're talking about uh, January 1st of 2023 through the rest of the year, and it'll take into effect on those taxes that you file in 2024 for tax year 2023. So we're still under the uh, pre-inflation, the pre-7% this year, but what I'm talking about now will go into effect for 2023. Uh, so a couple things. Uh, the amount, if you're still working and you're contributing to a 401k, it's gone up. Uh, it's going to increase for 2023 up to $22,500 versus $20,500 for this year. So that's the, the maximum one can contribute to their 401k. Yeah, and that's uh, just a little blip here is if you are still working and you are maxing out your 401k, make sure that you've talked to HR that you want to continue to max out that amount. Some people have a fixed amount coming out of their salary. So it's just a, a good time this upcoming January to, to make sure that the contributions that you have going in will max it if that's a goal of yours. And, and let me mention, too, um, maybe you're out there and you're wondering, you know, I do have a 401k. And I'm not sure how much to put in my 401k versus how much to save in other sources. You know, uh, uh, give us a call, 865-770-5031. Um, and maybe you'd like to have a discussion about that. How and where to most effectively save going forward based on your age, your risk uh, tolerance, what you're trying to accomplish. Um, uh, or you can go to makingfinanceseasier.com and uh, you know get on our calendar that way but uh, go ahead Garrett so just just a couple numbers uh, if you are uh, paying taxes and next year in 2023 and you're married uh, the top of the 12 percent bracket is now at eighty nine thousand four hundred and fifty dollars the top of the 22 percent bracket is hundred and ninety thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars the top of the 24 percent bracket is three hundred and sixty four thousand two hundred dollars the top of the 32 percent is four hundred and sixty two thousand five hundred dollars and the top of the thirty five thousand is six hundred and ninety three thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars and anything above that you're going to be taxed at uh, the highest tax bracket, 37%. And so, uh, you know, you don't necessarily have to memorize that, but if you kind of have an idea of what your annual income is, uh, you, can, you can guess at what tax rate you're going to be in. Uh, so one other thing that's interesting about this is uh, if you are still working and you have that federal income tax withheld from your paycheck automatically, we saw this come up a lot uh, after the Trump tax cuts of 2017 where your federal withholding rates change the amount of take-home income automatically without you doing anything. And so if you're still working and you have a paycheck, you might notice a difference in your take-home net pay after deductions based on your W-4. So uh, that's another area where uh, 
if you're still working and you don't quite have a grasp of how much is going to the IRS or how much is coming into your bank or you have big tax bills or you're getting huge refunds, uh, those are things that we can take a look at uh, and they can be adjusted because I don't know anybody, Paul, that wants to give the IRS uh, a ten fifteen thousand dollars loan for the course of the year. And it's, it's really as simple as uh, looking at your salary and making sure you're not over withholding. And I can testify from personal experience from trying to fill those out. It's one of the most confusing forms out there. They don't let you just say, hey, withhold X amount of dollars from my paycheck. They make you fill out this big, long form. And uh, I just read from other tax professionals. It's it's just kind of a thorn in their side. And so getting that dialed in right, I think, is important. But that will happen in January. Uh, Just in a couple months, you'll you'll probably notice your paycheck increase uh, will either go up or go down based on how they expect these new inflation thresholds to occur. Uh, okay, so that's some of the technical information. I wanted to hop back real quick to uh, what Paul opened the show with, and that's this idea of this Tax Cut Jobs Act expiring. Uh, when that was passed, it said that it would only go through tax year 2025, and then in 2026, it reverts back uh, to the higher tax rate levels. And so uh, I thought this was interesting, Paul, uh, because sometimes it's it's tricky to kind of wrap our minds around how expensive these things are. But the Congressional Budget Office, sometimes abbreviated as just the CBO, uh, estimates that extending the Tax Cut Jobs Act, the current lower uh, tax brackets that are currently in effect now, uh, extending that to expire after 2025 and go an additional six years would cost $2.2 trillion. Uh, that was the first time I've seen a number pushed, put to that. I think it came out earlier this year. And just for context, uh, when, when all those stimulus checks were going out in 2020 and 2021, the amount that went to individuals and families across the country was $1.8 trillion dollars. And so the Congressional Budget Office is estimating that just for six years, extending out these lower 10, 12, 22, 24% tax brackets would cost an estimated $2.2 trillion. So more than all the COVID stimulus checks that went out for a year and a half. And so I think uh, it's important to note you know, Paul, we don't know the future. Sure, they might extend this, but extending these lower tax brackets will not come without agreement from both sides of the aisle, and legislation has to pass the House and the Senate, uh, just like we've seen all these other laws uh, not get passed. And so, depending on how these midterm elections go, I, I, if I was just having to make an educated guess, uh, that's going to be a hard sell come 2025 to reinstate these lower tax brackets just because it's expensive and it would cause uh, probably uh, political pushback from certain parties. And I think it's going to be probably easier just to let it revert back and say, we'll fix it down the road. And so as planners, as financial advisors, as we're in 2022, I think this conversation becomes more and more important for people that are on the cusp of retirement uh, for the next two, two to three years. Making decisions now 
that will impact their retirement income. Uh, and I, I would also may interrupt you for just a second. And I think when you when we when we talk about a financial plan and we talk about applying some of these things, it needs to be malleable enough uh, to be able to pivot a little bit going forward as necessary. I think some of the uh, problem with with some uh, kind of draconian estate planning uh, kind of uh, uh, kind of burning your bridges types of alternatives. Uh, circumstances change and, and it's good to be able to pivot if circumstances do change so we don't know what the future holds but we know what some of the options are so we kind of need to put it together in a way uh, so that people can uh, benefit either way yeah and uh, that's where I would say um, Okay, so Paul and Garrett, what are we supposed to do? Two, three years. And that's the hardest part about this whole process is that no two clients of ours are exactly the same. And there is so much variety in where people are at, where their incomes are at, and what they expect it to be in the future. And so we really do have to approach each person or each couple separately. And so uh, just kind of coming up with an example here on the fly, if you have somebody that is three years away from working and their income is higher than it's ever been before uh, and they expect their tax rate to actually drop, maybe even with increased tax brackets. For somebody to take one of these draconian uh, examples and say, oh yeah, let's convert everything to Roth if they're in the 37% tax bracket. It, there may be other valid reasons for doing a Roth conversion, but because the tax brackets could be going up in 2026 would not be a good reason to do that. In fact, it would be a bad reason uh, to do Roth conversions. However, uh, there may be somebody out there that's in retirement. Maybe they, they're delaying Social Security to wait until they're age 70. Maybe they're living off capital gain income, long-term capital gains, and they're uh, tax level is lower this year and next year than it will be in five years. And I think that's a great opportunity to arbitrage some of the lower tax rates and do a Roth conversion. Uh, Another one might be uh, charitable giving. One of the hugely valuable benefits of a traditional IRA is that you can do qualified charitable distributions. And so if somebody says, hey, let's just convert everything to Roth, every penny you got before the tax rates go up, uh, if you had some qualified giving to do in retirement and you're older than 70 and a half, you you can give money that's tax deferred in an IRA to a qualified charitable distribution and not pay any tax. So you wouldn't want to convert all of your IRA to a Roth if you have a charitable mindset. And so, uh, Paul, just two that stick off the top of my head are are, are Roth conversions and uh, qualified charitable giving. Yeah, it just strikes me as you're talking about that is how the, the tendency, I think we're all like this to some degree, is to talk to a neighbor, talk to a coworker or whatever, get an idea, something that was good for them, and then to kind of adopt it and, and plan on doing it. But it's not gonna fit the same way necessarily as it did for their neighbor or their coworker. And so you've gotta be really, really careful 
to how and how you apply some of these things that might be good ideas that you hear about. And so whether you're getting help from us or from somebody, you really need to have somebody that you trust that knows what they're doing to be able to kind of hold your hand and walk you through those alternatives to keep you from making uh, bad mistakes. Yeah. uh, Another one, as I was reading through this over the weekend, a lot, of, a lot of things with the federal government are indexed to inflation. A new recent one that wasn't forever was these IRMA charges, income-related monthly adjustment amounts. If you make too much money, Medicare is going to charge you more. For years, that wasn't indexed to inflation, uh, but I think they are now or they, they soon will be. But there are two areas, one in particular that I wanted to talk about real quick, that are not indexed to inflation right now, and that is the sale of a home. And so we have a lot of retirees. In fact, we have one right now that are moving from here to another state. And there's a tax law out there that says that if you've stayed in a, I think it's a home over two years, check with your CPA and the specifics here. But if you stayed there over two years, you can exclude, if you're married, up to $500,000 of capital gain and only $250,000 if you're a single person. And uh, we had one client last year that in this real estate market of Knoxville. Uh, She was a single person and she bought the house a long time ago that she ended up paying capital gains on the sale of her home. Uh, It had grown more than 250,000 during that time period. And that is one that is not indexed to inflation. So I can see until they get that adjusted or fixed, uh, we're going to have more and more clients over the next uh, few years where their house value has grown beyond the home exclusion value when they go to sell. And so that's another one. I I bring it up because everybody's a little different. And if you're thinking about doing a a Roth conversion or something, and you've got this spike in income because you sold your house, it's just another testament that everybody's a little bit different. And uh, I, uh, I think that's where one of the things I like doing is when clients provide us a tax return, uh, we, we use this this software. It's, it, it helps us kind of read through a tax return and organize that information in a more helpful way. But it really is a playbook, and there's no way to really lie about what income came in. You can't forget about it, uh, which typically happens. Somebody will say, well, here's my situation. Here's my income. Here's my pension income. Somebody will give me their tax return, and as I look through it, there's usually something else yeah. in there. Yeah. And I say, what about this? And they said, oh, yeah, that happened last year. And uh, – I, one of the things I like that we incorporate is I, I really want to see your last year's tax return. I want to thumb through that tax return, and I want to ask more questions about this year. What, what's included this year that wasn't on your tax return last year? And so I, I love accountants, and I love working with them. In fact, if you're a, if you're a client, I'm going to ask if you work with an accountant. I want a relationship with that person because two is better than one. But oftentimes when I work with accountants, they do kind of what the best they can with their time. And they, they take what happened last year, put it in this year's software for 2023, and they make all these estimates. But life is never, never like that. Something changes. Their pension amount may go up. They may sell a house. And so just assuming what happened last year is going to happen this year. Uh, I think it's fine for the accountant to do that, but as a, as a financial planner, I want to be different from your accountant and that I want to 
make future predictions about where you're going to end up. And I want to I want to know what could be different this year than last year. Yeah, that's good, Garrett. Well, we're out of time. Uh, 865-770-5031. Making finances easier with Providence. Feel free to call us and we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for information purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.